0: You're listening to Speak Loud, resilient stories of triumph and hope, helping you to turn your past into fuel for your best future. Here's your host, founder of the 501c3 Share, providing resource and support for trauma victims, and a survivor herself, Tiffany Barnes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Loud podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tiffany Barnes, and thank you for joining me here today. Today, I have a a ghost, a ghost. You're a ghost, Lana. (laughs) (laughs) A guest. Uh, I don't know where ghost came from. I have a (laughs) guest with me here today. Uh, Actually, she's not in studio. She's in California, but she is a relationship and intimacy expert. She was uh, born in Ukraine, and she is now a... US citizen uh, residing in California. She has some very interesting stuff that's happened to her. She lived in Utah at some point in time for a few years and some things happened to her in regards to uh, some trauma here in in Utah. But uh, before I go into that, as I mentioned, she's a relationship and intimacy coach and she focuses on the tantric sacred union approach, which we're going to hear more about. Uh, And um, she also is all about feminine empowerment and uh, she has a ton of stuff that she can help you guys with that are out there listening here today as far as intimacy goes. Uh, And without further ado, I would like to welcome my lovely guest, Lana Elko. Thank you so
1: much, Tiffany, for having me here. I'm really excited to be here and dive in into this very deep and important conversation that we want to bring something to the surface that was hidden, right? We want to speak out and share so many women can feel they're not alone and they are supported this way. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Thank you so much again for for being here. I want to talk about your journey. Before we get into kind of some of your expertise and how you're helping women feel empowered and heal uh, a lot of these wounds with their sexual trauma, Take me down your journey. What has happened to you in your life as far as trauma goes or abuse? Obviously, we want to keep it surface level. We don't want to get into some great detail, uh, but, uh, you know, kind of give us a surface level view of what's happened to you in your life. All
1: right, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm originally from Ukraine. I moved to the United States when I was an adult already. I had businesses before. I had... But basically had great life uh, in Ukraine. Uh, uh, the way we talked just before that, I mentioned that what I experienced in Utah and what I've heard from women uh, experiencing in their lives, it was much more dramatic from my perspective than what I experienced. But as we talked about this as well, that trauma is trauma and whatever we experience feels real for us so even if it might not be as severe as somebody else's right uh i don't really have too much you know to share about my childhood trauma (laughs) i had pretty good childhood pretty healthy you know relationship i have Spend lots of time with my grandparents growing up, so they were very loving uh, people and gave me unconditional love and trust. I think that was the foundation. With my parents, it was more <laughs> rocky because they were. I was the first child, so they, you know, didn't have all the tools that we have right now to to help our children grow up and integrate wisdom and understand this world of double standards. So they were, <laughs> you know, they could me spank me in this kind of using those old approaches still but um, my biggest trauma was actually United States like being an adult and the the first one that comes to my mind is uh, when I did very deep you know exploration and um, some healing because to a certain degree, we all have certain trauma and collective trauma and ancestral trauma. And this is inside of us as well. That's what I've been exploring a lot. Uh, and the abuse of the feminine, you know, for thousands of years, our ancestors um, on female lineage experienced abuse. That's a fact, right? And it's still happening in different parts of the world. Uh, so I've been doing this very deep healing work, and it was. Um, like in the expanded state, so we did lots of very deep work, experiential work. Uh, so, what was shocking to me that, you know, one of the leaders <laughs> uh, came to me and unexpectedly, and this is when I experienced this emotional abuse started to kind of like attack me and, you know, use using this. Uh, inappropriate language and violating my physical boundaries and i was right after this deep experience you know after doing this deep healing work wide open because when we do this kind of deep work you know like in expanded states we kind of open up on the level like when we're children, you know, it's almost like regressing to the level of being a child and being very, very open. So we don't have all these defenses because when we feel, when we, when we heal, we, we want to let go of defenses. So the healing can go deeper, right? And mm-hmm. we can access something that is usually blocked by our psyche. So that was actually a very shocking experience that they could never foresee, And I couldn't, it took me a while to integrate and understand, well, even if that person, it was a man, actually, uh, even, you know, that happened to me, but I was trying to understand why, you know, and I became aware that he hasn't completed his own healing. There was some traumatic pieces from his story that came up to the surface for him and triggers or something like that I was not aware at all just being a participant there that made made him behave this way uh and they say you know one thing is like forgiving you know letting go another thing is to remove this trauma from your body because on a deeper level and, and if this emotional abuse trauma, it equals, like, uh, childhood trauma because we're so open, right, in that space. So it took me, like, a few years to process it and be able to go to the, to do the same kind of work and relax enough and trust that nothing like that will happen again. And that was, that was a bit tricky because even if our mind understands that, okay... <laughs> why it happens, and you know we can forgive and we're powerful and we you know have all these tools available deep inside there is still this fear that it can happen again so it takes much more than just like talk therapy or just like surface kind of work to process this kind of trauma that's why childhood trauma is so hard to heal because so deep on the subconscious level you know before the age of seven children can't filter anything we are just like sponges we absorb everything no defenses no like (laughs) no protection we don't know uh, what is right and wrong and we just absorb everything and then we create these defense mechanisms that you know, sometimes lost for our entire life if we don't do this deeper work and healing. So this is my story. And um, maybe some women uh, or even men can relate to that because I've heard a lot of stories uh, of abuse in a deeply spiritual space, whether it's like some kind of spiritual cult or religion or, you know, um, I lived in Utah, I, Heard lots of stories um, of abuse within like religious institutions, which is not a secret, right? <laughs> In many different religions, right. we find these uh, situations, and it's not about reli- religion itself; it's about these individuals who hold power. So, this is what I wanted to share about my story and, and uh, like emphasizing how hard it is to heal something like that.
0: Right. Well, it's and it's so interesting, too. I mean, there's so many points I want to bring up from what you just said. You know, you talked about before the age of seven, you know, we don't have that filter, you know. And so I I for one know in my life, a lot of my physical abuse in my life took place from being born in into, you know, my parents divorce when I was seven. And that subconscious, Is carried with us, you know, I'm going to be 39 this month. And so we're talking 32 years later. I'm Mm -hmm. still doing work to heal things that happened in that first seven years of my life. Right. And then, as you mentioned, when you start to go down that healing path, using more Eastern modalities, not talk therapy like most Western medicine wants you to do, or just here's a depression med or here's a Xanax or Mm -hmm. any of those modalities. And you start to get into more of the spirituality modalities, you know, Reiki, um, you know, using plant medicine, things of that nature, things really start to come to the surface that you've Mm -hmm. been carrying with you your whole adult life. So here you are at the spiritual retreat, you're trying to heal yourself and somebody that is of higher power in the group, a spiritual leader who obviously has not healed themselves completely, had then preyed upon you. In a sense, uh, I mean that's probably a very strong way to put it, but um, emotionally, because he knew you were there healing, and he played upon that emotion, right? Those emotions, mm-hmm. and he hadn't done that spiritual healing himself. And you're right, I do see here in Utah with the religion. You know, it's 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 no uh, surprise that uh, Mormonism or Latter Day Saints are big here in Utah, and you know, sexual abuse is very prevalent. I think we're number two in the nation for sexual abuse. So, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that goes hand in hand, unfortunately, because those people do have those powers, you know, and people look up to them and like, well, if this person is so spiritual and they're talking about God in this sense, we'll say, um, you know, that whatever they're doing to me, maybe it's, it's okay. Do you think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what happens?
1: Yeah, when it when it happens in the early age, like uh, people don't have enough experience to understand what is right and wrong, and it comes right. from the authority that you know gives you all the information about the world and all the moral values, and that you are supposed to learn from them. And then they do something, it's like this is when we just feel kind of powerless. It's like oh, maybe that's how it is you know because we we just don't have this experience of our own or any other role models or, or any healthy role models out there so like yes i've heard so many stories because i worked with women in utah and still uh, have clients in uh, women and utah from utah i learned a lot of stories on a very deep
0: level of what happened there so, when this happened to you at the spiritual retreat, what did you do? Did you confront this person? Did you leave the environment? Like, how did you overcome that? Well, my first reaction is I started to cry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was so, like, I was, like, completely,
1: like, in my innocence, uh, super open, and, like, didn't expect. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, when you do the spiritual work, you always questions like, is there something about me that did you know like scanning like my behavior my the way i show up like did something was i out of integrity somewhere it's like really going there like (laughs) checking myself and then after you know i don't know half an hour or something like i I started to realize no like there is nothing about me this is not about me i didn't i haven't done anything i was just there doing my work didn't find anything about myself. And then I kind of, you know, pulled myself together and stood up for myself. And I said, well, I'm going to go and ask for help. And he, he said, don't you dare go and ask. (laughs) Using this language that was completely unrelated to who I am and (laughs) how I show up in the world. And um, kind of abusive language. And I said, no, I am I know who I am. I have rights, and I'm going to ask for help from other leaders of this retreat. So I did. (laughs) Uh, And then what
0: happened? What happened there?
1: They helped me to kind of like feel more stable. And uh, I'm trying to remember the details. Um, They they actually told me that that happened before with that particular leader. (laughs) And oh, they were like, wow. they said, "Welcome to the shadow of this, you know, modality <laughs> wow. of this organization." <laughs> so, and they never always, ended you know,
0: up getting rid of him. He they, he still stayed.
1: Yeah, they, it was more like underground. They were like knowing that was going on, but I never heard anything like that. Like that was not acceptable for me. You know, I was already in my power. I was just not prepared to experience something like that but
0: right wow so let's talk about you mentioned that in our lineage or even just in our ancestral healing women or the feminine have been repressed abused through the test of time talk more about that uh, and what you've learned about that and how we can heal that now generationally
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is huge. Um, so I always worked with relationships, starting from very early age. I had my own dating agency and worked with cross-cultural couples. So I kind of had really good balance and really good understanding of feminine and masculine and how build bridge between. Um, however, my biggest journey actually of understanding the whole. Story of the feminine and abuse of the feminine uh, showed up when I moved to Utah. <laughs> this is when, for me, what happened. I started to tune in into collective energy, and I've done massive amount of work on myself as well to understand, you know, to understand this relationship and why we have so much, so many wounds between feminine and masculine. Right? Why? like it's, it's kind of coming to the surface more and more and more and uh, when i lived in ukraine i somehow believed that you know american women are emancip- emancipated and free and they, they oppress men and men are weak and then I started to <laughs> live in all these different states i've lived in different places in the united states i started to understand like no it's not quite true so i started to dig deeper instead you know i launched my officially this type of business like coaching in the coaching container the way i do it now and started to hear all the stories and like work with women on a very deep level and something opened up within me as well because i've done also my deepest work um uh, in expanded states of consciousness so I, I it kind of opened up to me especially in Utah, the, the whole collective abuse and the suffering of the feminine. And it came to me, as like, wow, it, only like a few decades ago, women got their rights and freedoms. <laughs> like even in the United States of America, like a few decades ago, a woman couldn't have a credit card without the permission of her husband or even her uh, son who is an adult. Can you wow. imagine that? Even oh, few decades ago, it was not that long. And when feminism happened, right, what we see now is like some people like criticize it. Some people still, you know, some women still feel strong about this movement. I believe it was necessary. Yes, it was not quite what we need as women because what happened during feminism, women became powerful, they claimed their uh, rights and freedoms, but they became powerful in a masculine way because this is all they knew how to be powerful. All our role models were coming from the patriarchal uh, system, right? And the power is masculine. We've never seen um, a role model where the power represents feminine. So it was very normal, I feel. It was an important movement that women you know, stood up for themselves. It's like, okay, we're done with this and we can do everything man can do, right? So they were basically mimicking the masculine to become powerful. And that was very important. Those, with these days we start to criticize that, but at that time it was an important step of healing and, you know, liberation. So now I feel we're moving through another wave of empowerment, feminine empowerment, when we realize like we don't want to do things the way men do it. We can do it our own way and still be powerful in the feminine way and activate all the feminine qualities and stand strong in our femininity and our truth, which is it brings balance in the world, right, between masculine and feminine. So this is what is happening right now. Uh, I believe the whole wave of feminine empowerment and women in business. We are doing business in a feminine way. We are doing relationship feminine way. Like we, uh, everything basically. We're rediscovering ourselves, but it's really, I, I'm, I'm like, leading. I'm in the leadership position in this movement, you know, like many other women in the world also uh, represent this movement and um, become feminine leaders. And what is tricky, I feel, is uh, to remember what is feminine power, how it is different from masculine and how can we apply it in the system that is still designed uh, on the patriarchal values. So this is like a, a huge you know, process of discovery, self-discovery, basically, and remembering, like, when was the time actually when women were powerful? Uh, I like to refer to one documentary that is actually very helpful to understand historical and collective process of our evolution. Um, it's called the Pyramid Code. And then they look at certain... Um, times in uh, Egyptian history, they can see that there, was, there were times when the women and men were equal in power. And you can see it in the art and sculpture, like uh, statues and um, whatever we find from that period, from those periods of history. Women, A woman and a man sitting together on the throne, holding hands, so ruling together, the queen and the king. On the same level, you know, nobody is higher. So that's also one of the important qualities of uh, feminine leadership is collaboration. Not, uh, It's not, uh, we're not trying to dominate. It's not like who is more powerful. There's no competition in power. It's like, okay, I'm ruling through the feminine. You're ruling based on your masculine qualities. So, And this is how we create this balanced, uh, beautiful,
0: thriving society. Where do you think it changed? You know, if you look at, as you mentioned with this pyramid uh, pyramid code, you know, men and women were equal, Mm -hmm. and they were on the throne together. So how did we get to where we are? I shouldn't say necessarily today, because it is starting to turn more feminine, as you're mentioning. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where do you think we lost sight of the equality? Where did that change?
1: Yeah. So the later, when you look at later. Periods of time, even Egyptian history, it it, it starts to become more and more patriarchal, and there were attempts to erase those any information, any um, facts about those times when women were equal, even within Egyptian society. Mm, <laughs> and see. if you can see it, like when sometimes people say, "Oh, it's a Western." patriarchal civilization i don't think so because it's all over the world you can see the same exactly the same pattern the women were oppressed like you go to india like i have a client who has indian origins and she was say, sharing that they were throwing baby girls to trash because what? they wanted the boys yes wow. and it's like not, even like it was not thousands of years ago it was like maybe decades ago, and it's still it's still going on, you know, like in, in Africa, in Sierra Leone, I watched this uh, TED, TEDx talk, or uh, it was TED talk, a woman who, you know, her mother with some kind of like another woman who was part of their tribe, whatever, um, they were cutting off the, her clitoris, just wow. like, oh God, that was like normal procedure. It's like this is still going on in the world, and like it is not just Western civilization; it's the entire planet was affected by it. And it's a really good question. Like I don't have <laughs> one clear answer. Yeah, it was happening like this, but definitely. It it is real. Uh, this is what we're trying to change, and we're trying to understand collectively why it happened. Like my my ideas were at the time, like you know, people were more like primal, brutal, and using like physical force more rather than, like if you're strong physically, it was kind of like a. Um, an advantage right <laughs> so the men were physically stronger so they could physically you know oppress women kill ra- like they were killing and raping women it was like a normal thing and then, of course they were killing each other as well pretty brutal right nice. uh, but that was one of my ideas like well with physical force physical strength was important at this time at, the, at those times maybe now it's more you know our intellect, our capacity to uh, navigate our society, you know, adaptability in terms of, like, uh, our relationship skills, how can we develop the political uh, skills. Uh, but at that time, like, physical strength was very important and dominant, and who has big, bigger army of the strong warriors, you know? Right. So that was one of their ideas. But I don't think this is enough to explain the whole – you know <laughs> pandemic of this oppression like there was something else that i think we're collectively trying to understand it
0: yeah it's so true if you look at you know as you're talking i'm sitting here thinking okay you know you look at an old uh magazine from the 50s right what is a woman doing in the magazine she's vacuuming the floors she's yeah. doing the house she's wearing her apron she's cooking the meals and the men sitting there smoking a cigarette with the paper and the woman should dote on him. I, I came across something actually in the last few days on uh, it was like tips for women when they are out with a man, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And it's like the the most ridiculous things. And, and I was just like, wow, this is what was being put out and publicated or in publication uh, to women. Like this mm-hmm. is how you should act as a woman. And it's really incredible to see here we are fast forward 70 years later, excuse me, and we are, you know, uh, there's so much female empowerment. I mean, our vice president, you know, uh, that Mm -hmm. is in office now. And, uh, you know, here I am as a woman having a a platform to be able to talk about anything I want and speak loud about anything I want, where something like this would have been like shut down during that time, you know, And, Mm -hmm. and we have really come a long way. But I think a lot of it, too, is that mother wound
1: talking mm-hmm. about
0: feminism uh, and the female uh, aspect of things is a lot of people get a, a mother wound. I know I've got a mother wound and, and also you can have, you know, the the father wound as well. But it's cyclical. Right. As far as mm-hmm. abuse goes, if we're talking specifically about abuse, um That mother wound can carry on with me and my children and their children until we break that cycle. Mm -hmm. So it it really is so true, you know, what you're saying. and, And that was kind of my epiphany there. But you talked about there's a difference between feminine power and masculine power. Kind of Mm -hmm. describe that to people who might be in the dark. You know, a lot of my audience might not be as spiritual. They might not understand it as well. So kind of put Mm -hmm. it into layman's terms, the difference there between the feminine power and the masculine power. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so when we talk about this uh, you know Egyptian period when they were ruling together right the queen and the king Um, the way it works uh, a woman is a visionary leader so we see because we our biggest power intuition and like receiving I like to say receiving because it's like usually receiving is like nobody teaches us how to receive like Nobody talks about it. Like nobody, like when you're a child, tells you, like, you have to be a good receiver. (laughs) They they teach you how to be a good giver, right? But this is actually a secret uh, feminine power through receiving and if you think in a in more expansive way about receiving is basically capacity to read the energy and receive information on many different levels like intuition is a receiving power we receive this information from the you know the universe our environment reading people reading like seeing what might happen, like predicting things, like this intuitive power, right? And it's totally receiving. Um, so we can see things that we can't maybe right away explain or we can't right away to back them up with like facts right this is what that's why women got in trouble they would say something and and the men say well shut up there isn't like this bullshit because it's how do can you prove it you know where is the proof right. <laughs> however you know the the proof comes later because we have capacity to see things before they happen in the energetic fields we can tap into this uh, uh, on this subtle level right uh also like what i feel is important to remember that in our relationship with man we also receivers and it's it's a very powerful thing because we if you think about like receiving sperm we receive the sperm and then we give life right and we right. double and triple everything we receive uh and we forget how to receive because everything was so distorted in terms of like A woman receiving, like you say, like in those magazines, like the women were serving men. So it was the opposite, right? And like sexuality, the way we learn it is like serving a man. Sometimes man doesn't know when a woman has orgasm or not. It's like, who cares? What <laughs> <laughs> she has? Like, nobody knows. She doesn't speak about it. So it's like it was all completely upside down. However, originally a woman is an inspiration, a muse. Um, uh, uh, you know, the lady of the heart, the whole like medieval approach, even with all this distortion that was there. Uh, she was an inspiration, and muse, and a man. It gives a man purpose and meaning to serve a lady of the heart because she's an inspiration she is something that it's like a mystery right something that he can completely comprehend but it's always out of reach a little bit and he always wants to serve her because it gives him meaning and purpose and also then having babies together and all of this, being mother, right? So right. this is the receiving power, but it has to be sacred and it has to be placed with logs. It was all upside down, right? So we talk about the personal relationship and we talk about leadership, even like in the society, be able to see and trusting our intuition and seeing it as a power rather than like. Some bullshit that you can't prove. So, uh, <laughs> I, so I believe in, in in the balanced way. When the masculine trusts the feminine, he accepts her vision, and then he his leadership is executive leadership. So he would go and do things. Right? He would go and um, uh, execute that vision and create something that has more material, like quality like physical in physical world right so the the original archetypal role of the masculine is provide and protect and the feminine she gives the vision she gives their uh innovation she she sees beyond and she gives life right and nourishes and loves so this is the balance but You know, what happened feminism, women said, we don't want to do it anymore because it's not appreciated. It's not accepted in the society. It's not well-paid. All the feminine professions in the society still are not well-paid, like teachers, uh, you know, caregivers, you know, like the... even the therapists, like it's not like you can make millions of dollars. <laughs> it's changing now, <laughs> like, right? It's changing, right. and we're creating our own ways. We are like creating new channels to uh, express ourselves and step into our leadership. But originally and still, the system, the way it's designed um, and the foundation is still very masculine. So, uh, totally understand why you know, women felt this way during the feminism <laughs> movements, like, well, we're going to do all the things that men do and just be free. right? Uh, and that felt good at the time. But at some point, it started to feel old and started, we started to feel overwhelmed and exhausted because we would play both roles then, masculine and feminine. We would give birth to our children and take care of our children and also do all the masculine work, <laughs> which is like... It's kind of double, <laughs> doubled our duties and responsibilities and all of this. And there are lots of single mo- mothers who didn't want to stay in a relationship that were like toxic, you know, and decided to be on their own. So th- we had to go through a lot to be able to arrive to where we are now to open up to this deeper level of healing. I feel what's happening right now, deeper level of healing uh, for women. And at the same time, men feel a little bit left behind. And uh, there is nothing like, uh, by the way, there is nothing wrong with men in general. Like there are many beautiful, you know, souls, beautiful people. men who like loving and caring and they have nothing to do directly with this abuse, but because it's on the genetic level, it shows up. So some, some, like my boyfriend says like, well, now being a young white man is not, you know, it's not good anymore. It's like, feels like, I've, like, it's almost like you have to feel guilty for what happened. Um, uh, Prior to when pe- these men were born, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's also like bringing a balance and not understanding that it's not like this particular man, it's just our anger, collective anger, after all these thousands of years of oppression coming. Uh, to the surface and we have to be compassionate to ourselves and our partners and do this healing work together. That's basically what my whip is around to be able to navigate this healing process together, not exclude men completely, but
0: invite them to do this healing work as well. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, I was thinking too about this. If you look at statistics, as far as abuse, men versus women, it's one in four women, one in six men, before the age of 18 suffer some form of abuse. So why is it, I mean, obviously you're not going to have the answer to this question. I'm just kind of saying why in a generality. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is it that more women are abused than men when, if it's cyclical, right? So if a man was abused and then he becomes an abuser and, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going down the cycle, It's so interesting. Why are men more abusive than women? Or is it just that men, because they're masculine and they're supposed to be, you know, that tough or, you know, uh, not come out and say anything? Because I know there's a lot of men out there that have come on my show that are that that have said this is the first time I've ever said anything because they Mm -hmm. thought that it wasn't masculine to admit it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if maybe it really is more of an equal number. Of men and women being abused or if, or why it would be that men are typically more abusive than women, have you ever mm-hmm. thought about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a good thing to to explore in this conversation uh, well beforehand, I feel well besides the our differences in our, our sexuality how we wired and you know masculine and feminine qualities in general on the universal level and archetypes and our psyche is different emotional emotional processing is very different by the way men process emotions like <laughs> most men like five times slower <laughs> than oh, women really? yeah <laughs> so if wow. we create pressure on on them or like trigger them in a certain way because women are intuitive and they find in like it's even subconscious they can start manipulating in a way that triggers his, mm. his trigger and then he explodes or whatever if he yeah. has yeah, anger issues so and it's all also has historical roots and generational roots so we can talk a lot about that as well uh, so we have to th- think about that but the biggest thing that I think affects this situation, is uh, that this, you know, young boys are born into this culture. And as we say, before the age of seven, we just absorb, absorb, absorb. And even when we're like still, you know, uh, children or Teenagers, we still absorb, absorb everything from the society, right? There is no official education about feminine, masculine relationships, sexuality. Not, nothing is taught at school at all. Right. <laughs> the only thing I was taught at school about sexuality, for example, is how to avoid you know sexually transmitted diseases <laughs> like right or genitalia right like <laughs> yeah. like
0: anatomy classes that's about it yeah, no,
1: to <laughs> there's nothing about relationship how to navigate it what are the differences between us so we're kind of blindly figuring out ourselves in the world of double standards because when we become teenagers we kind of start to realize like the way they say it works doesn't really work so we kind of like awkwardly discovering our own ways. And then there can be some toxic role models out there, right? Like maybe abusive father or like patriarchal father who doesn't respect women and treat his wife disrespectfully and doesn't see her as an equal, right? So the young boys pick it up, of course, and they think this is how you live and this is how you relate to to women, you know, objectifying women, Playboy magazine, like... uh, what we see, for example, in, in the sexuality level, what we learn there also there is no education. Like there is no documentaries where you can watch. How do you do love love making? What is love making? How to please a woman? What how does it work? You know, right? There is nothing about it. Even now, there's not much at all. Uh, it's all kind of porn orient- oriented. So what what young boys learn is porn and. Like, when you ask women, do you like that? It's like, no, we don't like to be treated like a, a poor star, you know. But they're trying to apply what they learn because they don't have anything else. So, basically, we can't even directly blame this man who grew up in this culture because they didn't have any choice. Like Like, now it's it starts to kind of open up there is a tantra like i love teaching tantra because it's about creating sacred union and seeing uh, love making and sexuality as a sacred process co-creation and how to honor a woman uh and just creating this beautiful relationship and agreements and beautiful healthy container for this relationship but nobody <laughs> was teaching that like even one generation ago is like completely it's completely clueless so like just trying to figure out things based on what they see and the role model so I don't think we can just directly blame anybody we have to just take responsibility together and say well now when we, we become aware let's do something about it let's do some healing education let's understand each other let's you know, uh, Be compassionate. Let's forgive our ancestors for creating such a toxic, you know, right. foundation for for us. Uh, but we are the generations. Like there are few generations now that are changing everything.
0: Uh, you bring up some very, very good points. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. You're right. Like, we're taught through porn. Like you say, Playboy, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm thinking, is there one of those for women? I'm sure there is a magazine like that for women, <laughs> but we all know Playboy magazine and, and we all kind of know, uh, you know, objectifying women in that sense through porn and things of that nature. So you're right. Um I am very ignorant when it comes to anything tantric. So educate me here. Uh, as we talked about, or as I was introducing you, I mentioned that you uh, have an approach that's called tantric sacred union. What mm-hmm. is that? Explain that a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So this is what I talk a lot these days about the relationship containers, right? Relationship containers are basically is the, different conditions, the foundation, uh, agreements, what holds through our relationship. Like for example, marriage is a relationship container. So we put our, the most intimate, the most important relationship basically. Like if it's our husband is like our lifetime partner, if you think about it, it's like, whoa, <laughs> without any kind of, uh, you know, like our parents, were born into this family. So it's like, you we commit to something with somebody that we meet, for a lifetime. <laughs> it's a big deal and then we have children together, you know, more, quite often, right? In this container. So what is this container? It's this container was created thousands and thousands of years ago when women were oppressed. <laughs> And we still have lots of threads that come from those times and patriarchal times in the marriage container, even now. And in many ways, it's so unconscious that we don't even investigate and question, like, what do we sign up for <laughs> and why? And what do we want to change if we don't want to do it the way our ancestors did did, or our family did or what do we want to be? Uh, how do we want to do differently? And not many people actually question the details uh, of marriage, of what kind of container. And sometimes, um, quite often, people feel suffocated or trapped, or they feel something is wrong with them because they don't feel happy in their marriage. You know, <laughs> but this is because we—it's so universal and it—it's not customized for each particular individual or each particular couple. Uh, different personalities, different needs, desires, gifts. Uh, it's just like so universal that can, it can really trap you if you just sign up for something that based on assumption, basically. <laughs> there are no real agreements that people make on their own. Coming from the conscious play uh, place, like okay, what do we sign up for? So what I offer, it's not like I say like you don't need to get married. It doesn't matter how you call it, but uh, I, just for the sake of clarity, I like to use uh, a word sacred union, a term sacred union, which we use it in tantra, and basically sacred union is uh, the container for conscious relationship. You know, of the feminine, equally empowered feminine and masculine, where we come together and we start from scratch, creating all the agreements. So the container is basically is uh, made out of agreements and the basic foundational agreement in this container is we commit to truth and growth together. So what is the truth? Like, what is my truth? What is your truth? And what is our truth together? What is between us, right? So we always come back to this question and we commit to truth to the point that if something like hard to share or we're afraid to hurt each other's feelings or we think our partner will judge us or we can be misunderstood. We still commit to truth because this is the only way to have an authentic relationship. And the growth is basically what is the direction we want to grow together. So we always check in with each other. So it's it's ever evolving container. It never static, right? It, can, it changes all the time. But we're in cost, constant communication with each other to make sure that our commitment you know stays uh, clean to to make sure our container is energetically clean so we don't develop these toxic patterns or expectations or something is hidden and we're free to to speak up you know share so this is just in a nutshell and then also educational piece is very important to understand how female sexuality works and male sexuality uh, works and female psyche and male psyche because we are the opposite here so so we feminine masculine uh, existential polarities right so sexuality works the opposite way that like female sexuality works the opposite way from the masculine masculine is very fiery very fast very like intense um quickly burn <laughs> burns quickly right and it ignites in the sexual organ right and then. Spreads in the whole body, right? right? Very kind of powerful. And it's kind of attracted to danger, right? Mm-hmm. Danger can be attractive for <laughs> sexuality, right? Uh, the female sexuality works the opposite. It's we need to feel safe to open up. It takes time. It's more like cooling, like slowly warming up, you know, <laughs> um, process. And our body works differently as well. It's uh, we first uh, start to feel. Um, aroused, I would say, in our environment through emotional connection. So emotional intimacy is the most important thing. That's why women want romantic, you know, romantic dinner. And <laughs> they they can't just go straight to have sex, you know. Right. Uh, and then it builds up in the body, uh, like non-erogenous parts of the body, and then, then slowly, and the sexual organs in the last one that gets ignited by... Arousal, so it's like it's a network, basically, rather rather than one organ dominating and like creating this fiery process. So this is like the opposite, and it was not even taught to us that you know the reason women, many women don't even have organs during the, during sex. It's because they don't even know their body, you know. And we can actually have potential to have multiple different kind of orgasms and many women don't know about it. So like education is very important uh, to understand the differences and also emotional piece of how we process emotions, because that is also huge.
0: Wow. I love that. I love the idea of sacred union because as you're talking about it, it's more so the way I'm envisioning it is to becoming one, right? And you're just always on that same page, Because you hear so often people can be married 10, 20, 30 years and they grow apart, but they stay together because, oh, well, we're married. That's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. That's very prevalent here where I live in Utah, you know, and you see so many people that are unhappily married. But they do it because, well, I married this person and divorce is not an option. Or they start to have that wandering eye or side relationships or emotional affairs or whatever the case may be. But with what you're describing, I love it because it's like, okay, well, if something, if you've changed in some way emotionally, sexually, mentally, you guys together are saying, okay, well, how do we grow through this together? Mm -hmm. Rather than it just being your problem and you're just married and he's married and you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not a separate. I love that idea. That's really great. So go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, just wanted to add that also we align. Uh, we want to align our relationship container sacred union with the universal laws of energy. You know, understanding how energy works, and if it's an energy of polarities, it requires, for example, one of the laws, are uh, connect and disconnect, creating space for our own. You know. Growth and then coming back to the sacred union and sharing that and disconnecting, then reconnecting. Like, it's like, I call it the relationship breath, right? You need inhale and exhale, right? So not like inhale, 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 (laughs) connect, connect, connect and suffocate, you know? Sure. So when we disconnect energetically, right? It can be a physical disconnect. Like maybe you travel somewhere without your partner once in a while and have other friends and like doing things, whatever agreements you have based on your personality and uh, the agreements you create. Uh, and then you, when you come back, you kind of bring new energy because uh, you reconnect with your own I am, you know, I am who I am without my partner, uh, autonomous being with my own, you know, maybe different, a little bit different than my partner. Right? So I can bring in this new energy that can feed relationships. So we don't suffocate in this container where we, Don't see anybody else except our partner and, like, always try to connect. And when we feel disconnected, this is the problem, I think. When people feel disconnected from their partner, they feel something's wrong and they have urgently to reconnect. However, it's part of the universal laws, you know, like, it's okay to disconnect and go and. Refill yourself with your own creative energy, you know, like who you are on your own, and then bring it back into your sacred union and create that exchange that actually feeds that attraction that many people lose, you know, when they live together and do everything
0: together and like, don't allow that disconnect. So balance is important, right? That's what I'm Mm -hmm. hearing you say. Balance is very important to keep it all together together. Um. Yeah, I love that idea. So let's say somebody's listening. We're kind of running out of time. I could talk yeah, to you sure. about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is very intriguing to me. Uh, so let's say somebody's listening and they want to take part in what you do as far as a relationship and intimacy coach. How can somebody find you? Do you have a website? Do you have social media? Give us that information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have web website, uh, Lana Elko coaching.com. Uh, You can find me on social media, on Instagram, it's uh, Lana Elko Intimate Universe, my brand uh, called Intimate Universe. You can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group for women, uh, Intimate Universe as well, (laughs) Awakening of the Empowered Feminine. So you're welcome to join, you're welcome to reach out, email me. uh, I have private coaching programs, I have some shorter group trainings I have different projects going on so (laughs) there is a lot to experience
0: and do you have anything that's been published do you have any published books or anything
1: I haven't published uh, my books yet I have a lot of material and I actually wrote a book I haven't published it yet Um, I did lots of like uh, articles published articles so when you find me on social media you can find all the articles interviews I've done Uh, There is lots of information there.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I want to say thank you so much for your time. You are such a light in this world, and I love what you're doing to, you know, really empower the feminine as well. It's so important in today's world. Uh, Before we end, what are you hoping the listeners will take from this episode?
1: Well, I hope they will, especially like both women and men, understand that we are not on opposite sides <laughs> we're not fighting each other there's no reason to create a war between women and men and we can work and heal together and understanding this uh, on a deeper level will help us to create this beautiful relationship beautiful container a sacred union and also seek help because you know if somebody works somewhere and like you know spend all their day doing something like there are people who like Like, this is my lifetime work, so I have a lot of tools, a lot of guidance to support people, or even therapy, you know, like, there are great therapists even these days, Uh, we're evolving to a higher place, understanding that we are... um, more complex beings and well, not just like so mechanical like it used to be like the uh, old school psychotherapy. So also seek help and believe that we need to heal together. We need we need <laughs> each other.
0: Yes, we do. And I love what you offer, you guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think you describe things very uh, in very layman's terms, so it's easy to understand what you're talking about because this is a very complex subject. In my mind, I feel like it's very complex, but the way you describe it doesn't seem complex at all. It seems very easy to understand. So for those of you out there that might need some uh, relationship coaching or intimacy coaching, we will put all of her Uh, information in the show notes, so all you'll have to do is literally just click. It'll take you to her website or any of her Facebook groups. Uh, Be sure to follow her and uh, take advantage of what she has to offer. It sounds like she's got some really good programs available for you guys as well. Uh, Before we end, I have something that I call 20 questions. I don't ask you 20 questions, but I have (laughs) you pick a number between 1 and 20. Uh, It's kind of a a fun little lighthearted way to end the episode. We've talked about some pretty... Heavy stuff here today. So uh go ahead and choose a number between one and twenty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Seven. How do you spend your free time? Mm.
1: <laughs> well, I like adventures because I work a lot with my laptop these days, especially last year right with the pandemic. Uh, I love different adventures. I love to go to the ocean. I really miss the ocean when I lived in Utah. So I love to go surfing and I just love to spend time on the beach. And I also love climbing, snowboarding, uh, all kinds of hiking. We just did a great hike, Pyramid Peak, Uh Last Sunday with my boyfriend, with my partner. So all kind of adventures to be in nature, like that's very attractive to me.
0: Have you ever been skydiving?
1: Well, yeah, I actually a skydiver. You have. I was, I participated in national record of Ukraine. So it was like almost not professional, but (laughs) semi-professional.
0: Wow, that is so incredible. I'm like terrified to jump out of a plane. That is really, really cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you used to do it competitively then. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I
1: prefer to, you know, formation skydiving when they create all this formation while free free falling. And that's uh-huh. what I did. That was my favorite because it's like creating together. It's not like competing, but it's like all these people jump out. I remember we jumped out of three planes and then we come together and create this beautiful formation. Wow. Together. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. How many times have you jumped out of a plane?
1: Not that much. It just was a very intense uh, period of my time, of my yeah. life, like
0: 570 or something. What? Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I love it. One day, one day I will overcome <laughs> my fear. And I don't know, I'm just afraid of heights, but also jumping out of a plane. But that's awesome. And yeah. Utah is a land of adventure. You know this. Oh, yeah. There's got so yeah. much uh, to offer as far as landscape for adventure. So, Lana, you are amazing. Uh, Thank you for spending this hour with me here today. And you guys, be sure to go follow her. As I mentioned, if this episode resonated with you and you think somebody else might take something from it, share it. Uh, If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more people know about what's going on with the Speak Loud podcast. So, um, And as always, you guys, be the change you wish to see in this world. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Speak Loud. If this message resonated with you, please feel free to share it with anyone you feel could use the support. To find out more information about Share, our movement, and to join the cause, please visit sharethemovement.org. Until next time.